Welcome to another episode of Lineage Speaks, an anthology series of women authors sharing the stories of how they carry the torch for future generations. I'm Martelena Don Trapel, your host, and today, sharing her chapter, we have Miao Ling Wei. Miao Ling Wei is an alignment coach and helps people align with their next right action. Her mission and greatest passion are to provide people with simple tools to help them get through incredibly difficult moments in life. She was seconds away from taking her own life on January 13, 2012, when she felt the deepest love that rocked her to the core. To this day, it was the greatest miracle she has ever experienced, and thus her journey within began. Her work is an integration of her studies and practices to further embody herself and span across Kundalini Yoga, Katana Yoga, Gratitude Journaling, Reiki, the Law of Attraction, and S-Factor Movement. She lives in New York with her cat, Amber. In her spare time, she loves to dance and take long walks in nature. Hi, I'm Yao Lang. Chapter 15, with love and gratitude, healing abandonment and reclamation of self. It was my first week of fourth grade. I was delighted to be in the courtyard at recess on a sunny autumn day. I closed my eyes and tilt my face to the sky. The sun on my face felt wonderful. Then I heard it. It was loud and disruptive. Meow, meow, meow. My eyes flung open. I saw large faces inches away from mine, screaming that terrible sound. I took several steps back and stared at these faces as they continued to scream. Meow, meow, meow. I stood there, paralyzed with a feeling of shame, embarrassment, and eventually anger swept over me. Why did I have to be stuck with a name that's ridiculously stupid sounding? Nobody seems to be able to pronounce it correctly. Finally, in what seems like forever, they turned around giggling as they walked away. I was sick and tired of being made fun of by my classmates and feeling embarrassed every day during roll call. Names are listed in alphabetical order so I knew exactly when my turn came. As if on cue, my teacher would have a painful expression on her face as she tried to pronounce my name. Before she uttered a word, I raised my hand to let her know I'm in the room. Every day, I would go through the same experience. I was too embarrassed to let my teacher know how to correctly pronounce my name. One afternoon, I came home determined to select a normal name that everyone can pronounce. I was watching a cartoon show called Alvin and the Chipmunks. One of the characters on the show is Brittany. 
In that moment, I decided to adopt the name Brittany. The name sounds pretty, easy to pronounce, and very American. I felt excited to attend school the next day. I couldn't wait to tell my teacher my new name. Finally, I was going to be normal. I was going to be just like everyone else. Before morning roll call, I marched to my teacher feeling proud and happy. I could feel that my life was about to change. I told my teacher to greet me as Brittany instead of Miao Ling. It took me some time to respond when someone calls me Brittany, but from that day on, nobody made fun of my name. In the years that followed, I became accustomed to being called Brittany. I sharpened my skills to be well-liked by others. By the time I was in my 20s, I was very proficient in fulfilling what others needed so that they would be pleased with me. I spent hours on the phone with friends who needed to complain about their problems. Many times, I was a designated driver to take friends home after a night of partying. There was one time when I drove through all the boroughs taking friends home. The sun was just coming up as I reached my front door. I was ready to drop. Friends I had at the time would describe me as nice and dependable. Everyone liked me, yet I didn't feel good about myself. Something didn't make sense to me. I felt invisible. I felt small. I felt unworthy. I felt I didn't matter. I felt that I didn't exist. To further validate this feeling, I remember an experience while I was in college. It was one of my friend's birthday. We got two birthday cakes because a large group was gathering to celebrate. I was about to take a bite of cake when I noticed someone without cake. I hand my plate to her thinking, I'll just get another one. I looked around and noticed by this time, everyone was already eating. I sat there looking at everyone eating cake. I was the only person without cake. I waited, hoping someone would notice and share their piece of cake with me. Nobody noticed. I fought back tears as I sat there feeling invisible. It wasn't until years later when I realized I was responsible for this experience and for all other experience where I felt invisible, unworthy, and small. It took what felt like an earthquake shaking in my soul for me to understand how things were happening through me instead of to me. I became aware of subtle ways 
I behaved that perpetuated the beliefs I had about myself. On January 13, 2012, I was headed home after working a 27-hour shift as a paralegal at a corporate law firm. Papers from motion for summary judgment were filed and the deadline was met. I could go home. My body was beyond exhaustion. I felt numb as I got into my car. I drove onto the busy streets of Midtown Manhattan and instantly burst into tears. I felt the pain from years of feeling invisible, unworthy, and small. I started screaming, stop, stop, stop. Because the pain I felt was unbearable. I ache in places I didn't know I had inside me. I was willing to do anything to relieve myself from this agony. I looked for a spot to crash my car. I decided to end my life. It was the only solution I could think of in that moment. I'd envisioned my funeral. Would anyone notice I was gone? Would people miss me? Would anybody cry? It was in that moment when something struck me. I remembered attending a funeral of a dear friend who took her own life nearly 10 years ago. I felt angry and confused that she left everyone who loved her. I remember whispering to her at the wake that there's another way. This realization was enough for me to make it home safely. That was the day I forgave and accepted my friend's death. I promised to myself to find another way. A week later, I visited my dear friend at the cemetery. The last time I saw her was during her funeral a decade ago. Once I arrived at the cemetery, I remember her resting spot as if her funeral was yesterday. I sat next to her feeling oddly relaxed. I asked her to send me strength and guidance. Before long, I would meet people with the same name as my dear friend. They shared stories and messages with me that helped me gain clarity about things in my life. Months later, Kundalini Yoga found me. The practice helped me develop a healthy sense of awareness. I also took up dancing that further helped me work through my sense of self. During dance, I could feel my body merge with the beat and rhythm of the music. It released a range of emotion that helped me feel satisfied and satiated afterward. For several years, my daily after-work activity alternate between kundalini yoga and dancing. Eventually, I became happier. 
my outlook on life and what I thought about myself became more positive. This was my therapy. My awareness helped me process what had happened on that fateful day in January. I realized I had steadily slid into a state of depression. I had no idea I was depressed. The earth-shattering moment I experienced can be described as hitting rock bottom. I'm deeply grateful to gain this insight about myself. In September 2016, my birthday gift to myself was a divinely guided Abraham Hicks Law of Attraction workshop offered on a cruise. It was a Mediterranean cruise for 12 nights. Little did I know at the time that my experience on this trip would come to have a profound impact in the way I thought about myself. It all started one winter afternoon, months earlier. I was listening to a lecture from Wayne Dyer on YouTube. I love his teaching. The YouTube autoplay feature was turned on so another lecture soon followed. I found myself nodding and resonating with the speaker. The topic was about how our thought can greatly affect the way we behave from Abraham Hicks publication. I felt drawn to look them up since I'm not familiar with the teaching of Abraham Hicks. I quickly pulled up their website I saw a workshop being offered later that year on a Mediterranean cruise for 12 nights. My body perked up as if someone had dinged me. I was excited and bewildered at the same time. I heard my inner voice say, book it. So I did. During my trip, the name Brittany Wee was printed on the name tag to be worn at the workshop. The name Miao Lingui was printed on the key card to my room because Miao Lingui is my official name. It's the name that's on my passport and driver's license. I carried both items every day without the slightest awareness of the lack of integrity in the way I was showing up. On the seventh day, we were in Gibraltar, the UK. I was on my way to the Upper Rock Nature Reserve when I saw a woman with beautiful, large eyes. I noticed we were both carrying the same Abraham Hicks tote bag. We smiled knowing we were both from the same cruise. She introduced herself and proceeded to ask me for my name. Brittany Wee, I said. She looked at me and shake her head. What's your real name? She asked. I stared at her. A feeling of guilt and shame swept over me. I was caught red-handed. There was a sense of dread as I remember unpleasant experiences regarding my name from grade school. With shaky hands, 
I took out the key card to my room and pointed to my name. Feeling embarrassed, I whispered the name I was given at birth. To my surprise, she smiled and said, that's a beautiful name and it suits you. That evening, I wound up at the same dinner table as the woman with beautiful large eyes. She proceeded to introduce me as Miao Ling to everybody at the table. I was horrified. I felt sick as memories of my classmate making fun of my name came to mind. I could hear them exaggerating the first word to my name. Meow, meow, meow. Just when I was about to get up and leave the table, I saw smiling faces looking at me. Eight people sat at the table and each of them greeted me warmly and pronounced my name beautifully. For decades, my family were the only people who called me Miao Ling. Everyone else called me Brittany. To have people I just met greet me as Miao Ling was quite an experience. I could feel my body and soul respond deliciously to the sound of my name. Then out of nowhere, I heard it. Meow, meow. Startled, I turned to look where the sound came from. It was from the woman with those beautiful large eyes. Then others started to join in with the sound. Meow, meow. I smiled and began to laugh. I noticed they were not making fun of me. Actually, it was endearing. For the remainder of the cruise, I introduced myself as Miao Ling. I felt nostalgic, almost like a remembering of something. However, I can't quite put my finger on it. A few people and I moved to the lounge area after dinner. We fell into a conversation about adopting a nickname when living in a foreign country. I share with them how I came to adopt the name Brittany. One woman said, my dear, your name given at birth is part of your lineage. I realize my name is my identity and something to be cherished. By adopting Brittany, I had unintentionally disowned myself. It occurred to me that this was the reason why I had been feeling invisible, unworthy, and small. Before I went to bed, I wrote in my journal new perspective and insight I had received that day. The first week I returned to the States, I entertained the idea of instructing everyone to call me Miao Ling. That week came and went. I did nothing. I said nothing. Eventually, the hustle and bustle of life in New York City took over. In December 2017, my birthday gift to myself was yet another Abraham Hicks Law of Attraction workshop offered on a cruise. 
This time, it was a French Riviera cruise for ten nights. Once again, the name Brittany Wee was printed on a name tag to be worn during the workshop, and the name Miaoling Wee was printed on the keycard to my room. Once again, I carried both items every day. However, this time, I felt uncomfortable for being a liar. The first full day on the cruise, I treated myself to quiet time at the spa. I was relaxing in the steam room when I heard a sound that was playful and familiar. Meow, meow. I smiled and knew exactly who it was. I searched through the steamy room and saw the woman with those beautiful large eyes. I was delighted to see her again. By this time, I was no stranger to the teaching of Abraham Hicks. The synchronicity of meeting this woman again was a reminder that I have unfinished business with myself. Ever since I experienced being greeted as meowling by others, I had been steadily feeling disconnected to the name Brittany. I yearn to hear the sound meowling to be spoken from others when they call out to me. Not instructing others to greet me as meowling was beginning to feel more painful than the thought of people struggling to pronounce my name correctly, or the thought of someone making fun of my name. I felt uneasy during the trip. I met wonderful people, visited beautiful places, ate delicious food, and had plenty of good laughs. However, I could not shake the anxious and unsettled feeling that began to intensify the closer I got to the end of the trip. So I did what I knew I needed to do. Two days before the completion of the cruise, I carve out quiet time. That evening, I ate dinner alone. I found a spot. On the top deck to enjoy my plate of food and appreciate the gorgeous sunset. I was mesmerized by the soft glow of yellow, orange, red, pink, and purple all merging together as the sun began to set below the horizon. The sight was breathtaking. The sight of the vast ocean helped me feel expansive. I felt tears flowing down my cheek, and a release of fear that I had held for so long. It no longer mattered who can or cannot pronounce my name. It no longer mattered who thought my name was weird or made fun of it. None of that mattered anymore. Then I spoke these words: "Goodbye, Brittany. Hello, Miao Ling." That was the moment I came home to me, and I felt absolute bliss. I started to laugh 
and sing part of the opening song from the workshop. Joy, 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 joy is the key. I can do it. I ran downstairs and excitedly shared the good news with friends I made on the ship. I felt victorious to reclaim myself in this way. Back in the States, I share with my parents my decision to release the nickname Brittany. I could tell my parents appreciated my decision. They shared that Miaoling means forever young. What a beautiful meaning to my name. That was the day I vowed to never abandon myself ever again. I vowed to cherish me. Four years later, I am on my laptop stringing words together to share the story. They say there's healing that happens when someone share their story through writing. I find that to be true. While composing my story, I had realized a realization that brought me to tears. I had thought I slid into depression because I was working a job that was not emotionally fulfilling. I was wrong. It began when I abandoned myself at nine years old by adopting the name Brittany. At such a tender age, I had no idea the pain it would later cause me. What felt like a solution at the time was something insidious and ate away at my soul until I had almost nothing left. However, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. My experiences allowed me to deeply appreciate being me. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. I am grateful and I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us if you found this podcast to be helpful in your journey. If you would like to experience more from the other women who contributed to this series, you can purchase a digital or printed copy of Lineage Speaks on Amazon. All proceeds go to elamugirls.com, a nonprofit organization giving young girls aged 14 to 18 in Kenya a choice a voice, and a bank account, saving girls in Kenya from genital mutilation, sex tourism, or becoming a child bride and changing their lineage story. Once again, thank you for listening. And remember, you get to write your own story, how it connects you to the stories of the past and how you guide the stories of the future. Until the next episode, honor the light within you and let it guide your way on.